Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's on assignment. The Bulls are going to try again after numbers from Facebook, Qualcomm, even PayPal, Pinterest are either better than expected or provide a reset. All those names higher today as Q1 GDP goes negative, down 1-4, first decline since 2020. Our roadmap begins with heading the wrong way. GDP does unexpectedly decline in the first quarter. Meta surging on some better than expected profit. We'll dig into that quarter and what Zuckerberg said about the challenges that may lie ahead. And Kathy Wood's bet on Teladoc backfiring big time, shares plunging after warning on cost inflation and a slowdown in sales. We are going to begin with shares of Meta surging in the pre-market profit and daily active users exceeding estimates uh, despite the company's slowest revenue growth since going public nearly a decade ago. Mark Zuckerberg outlined the challenges during the call last night. I talked last quarter about some of the near-term challenges facing our business. Some are specific to Meta, like our transition to short-form video, which doesn't monetize as well for now, but which we're quite optimistic about over the long term. Uh, Some are specific to our industry, like signal loss resulting from Apple's iOS changes, which is a meaningful headwind, but we also expect that with the right technology investments, we'll navigate okay over time. Jim, uh, Bespoke this morning says this could be the third biggest gap higher on earnings since going public. There was so much that was good here. Uh, and a couple of things. Zuckerberg did three things right. One is that I think that TikTok will indeed be on the run from reels by year end as predicted. And that's because they're going to be able to measure exactly whether the return of investment for reels. Right now, people like TikTok say, well, I got a lot of influencers. If I put it up, people read. No, what Mark is saying is, look. We can offer targeted reels, and that's very, very big deal. Even though he won't be able to make as much money, who wouldn't want targeted? The second thing is he really ring fences on the re- on the, the cost. I mean, you know, we thought the costs were going to be terrible. He obviously, given the fact he's already got a plan to beat TikTok, he could cut back that. And then the third, he's talking about an AI solution to Apple's third-party restrictions. And I think that that's rather amazing because uh, what that's going to say is, you know what? If you use us, we can get around what Apple says by modeling. Uh, th- th- this is just science, and AI, machine learning. Confident call, uh, a call where they believe that they, that they didn't have to spend nearly as much. We have no idea what the family, we, you know, we've got this family of apps, which is the one we're all familiar with, and that was quite strong. Uh, the reality lab is, is a black box, and it seemed clear that Zuckerberg feels like they're on the course already with t- with defeating TikTok. So now it's time to go for the 2025 plan. Uh, I love the call. He also said you can watch this company, Dykeman, from Europe if you want to see what people are doing. But uh, uh, he's working very closely with NVIDIA uh, because he talked about the idea that in the in the metaverse, you'll be able to look at a digital twin that can be exactly like you. Yeah. That's the NVIDIA product. That's Jensen Wong. 
That's interesting because today B of A talks about cloud capex, one of the bright spots in the quarter, and they do say it's positive for Nvidia, Marvell, AMD, and others. Exactly, and and actually, I would actually do it in that order. Nvidia's got the most high-performance computing. Now, people don't like Nvidia anymore because they say, well, it's got gaming and crypto. Crypto, they shouldn't think about, but there is a slowdown in gaming. We know that from Microsoft the other day. Uh, AMD's got. PCs that people worry about, but they're really not low-end. That's Intel. I, I don't know. I, when I look at, at what's going on in high-performance computing, I really want to be there. And Marvell is the one. It's my largest, the second largest position after Qual- Qualcomm in the semis because their 5G, which so far we know from Qualcomm, is very, very strong in their high-performance computing. Uh, Matt Murphy's got the right, uh, it really, really has, has the, the right combination. Would you, up to a duck, a buck 80. Would you argue that going into the FB print last night, People were afraid it would be this colossal landmine that could unnerve the tape. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we thought that the daily average users would be uh, would not go up. Now, by the way, just for sure, um, Western world daily average users kind of flat. Indonesia and India were the two bright spots. So you've got flat and then those two. Now, I mean, as they would tell you, Jim, Indonesia and India matter. They don't think and don't asterisk, they matter. And those were the ones that were, where things were driven off. Uh, it was a very encouraging call because from the very beginning, everyone was skeptical about TikTok versus Reels. When I work with them, what's interesting is, is that you can now get, uh, you can see who, you, you, can, you can make it so that Reels is for who you need, whereas TikTok, you just blast it out. So I call it like day, a daytime pre- uh, precision bombing, which is which is what Zuckerberg's offering, mm-hmm. versus cutters. nighttime saturation. And I'd rather have daylight precision any day of the week. Yeah. So given that, going into Apple, Amazon tonight, right? I mean, are you are you more convinced that 4,200 roughly is a floor? Well, look, I mean, Apple's got its own issues. Uh, uh, there's clearly a, a notion that you've got this lockdown in China. How do you, whether that'll be asterisk. If people can't go out to buy the phone. But, you know, yesterday we had T-Mobile. They had 1.3 million additions. And they get the additions by, uh, by giving you the phone. And it makes me feel, once again, that the 13 Pro uh, was a breakout phone. People tend to see, oh, 12. The 13 Pro enabled you to be able to do TikTok really, really well. And people want to do TikTok. They want to do Reels, too. But I think that what – it wouldn't surprise me if Tim Cook said, look, if it weren't for China, we'd have great numbers. And how does the market take that? Uh, if the stock's up for today, then it's not so great. But if, if, it, uh, if the stock calms down, then it's okay. It's not great in the same way, but, but it's not down the way Meta was down. I mean, Meta was really surprising because Mark Zuckerberg sounded like the old Mark Zuckerberg. And the idea that they've been able to get around what Apple was doing for third parties, pretty amazing. I, I, look, I think Apple's going to do just fine. Just fine. I think you own it, don't trade it. All right, we're going to find out more and obviously talk about it all day long going into yeah, tonight. Yeah, we should. Yep. Futures, of course, we mentioned the higher open that we expect. Uh, despite GDP uh, going negative for the first quarter, it shows the economy shrank at a 1-4 annual rate. That is the first contraction since early in the pandemic. Economists had been expecting about 1% growth. Jim, I mean, we always do this, but if you had taken out inventories and right. trade and lower government spend, you would have had a positive number. Right, but I mean, look, my, my problem is this. Um, this is a number I just wanted to get through. Uh, we care about running hot. Uh, and everywhere, on every quarter, I mean, when it's Jack Hartung telling you, look, it's the highest inflation we've ever had at Chipotle, uh, or, or, or whether it's just, you know, McDonald's today. McDonald's. Yeah, yep. I think the biggest issue, Carl, is how do you slow down 
grains. How do you slow down rice? I mean, we cannot forget uh, when you wake up and there's Putin talking about using weapons that you've never that you would never dream. Uh, and you have the 13% calories taken out by Ukraine, you're not going to get a reduction in that complex until that war is solved. And then when it comes to the upside, you're not going to get a consumer confidence boost until China decides to use the BioNTech. So you've got these two man-made problems. But, you know, Putin's a crazy man. I I don't think anyone disagrees with that. And President for Life Xi, uh, I think that that for life is going to be asterisk if they don't solve this because you're going to get a famine. You can't put a country under lockdown, for heaven's sake. You can't stop something that is a novel virus. You can't. We've learned that here. <laughs> yes, the hard way. Yes. Yeah. Look, you just get it. I mean, I'm looking at, at, at one, two, three, four, five. If any one of those guys has it, I got it. Yeah. All right? Super spreader events. Yeah, a super spreader event of you, you go to the Notre Dame, Ohio State, it, which that would be like Shanghai versus Beijing, I guess. I don't know. Well, everybody gets it. Everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what President Xi's thinking. I mean, BioNTech's not even American. You can It's European. Boy, how much do they have disdain for us that they're willing to lock down a whole darn country? Yep. We, we've talked about the weather, pride. Pride messing Pride. with them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Jim, speaking of China, uh, Caterpillar uh, does beat 288, beats 261, revenue up 14. Water. Operating margin down, but they, it was ahead of the street, Jim, at 13.7. Yeah, but then they talked about China weakening. And, you know, when we hear China weakening, we then say, well, wasn't that why we owned Cat? Uh, the narrative, I think, the Cat, well, I'm not on the call right now, but I think Jim Mumford was doing a great job. But we see coal being used everywhere. <laughs> they spent a lot of money on coal. Not that we want coal used everywhere, but we prefer coal to Gazprom. If they do, uh, the, you know, Germany has to make a decision. And that's whether to let Russia pollute or they should pollute. And Germany has to send heavy weapons uh, via NATO. But if they do that, well, I mean, does that mean that Putin feels that it's time to bring out uh, a tactical nuke. He's that crazy. You think that's on the board? Or you think it's... Well, I mean, when crazy people are have nukes, you know, unless it's Dr. Strangelove and sure. it's a Stanley Kubrick movie, it's existential. Yeah. Uh, there have been some comments from the German chancellor uh, today about as long as it's gradual, maybe they could... They could make a Russian ban on, you know, on their gas. Well, I work. mean, look, they have to do pipelines. I mean, Poland has the most pipelines to be able to do things, and it's only 2% in that gas. The only way to make this thing solved is that President Biden has to go to all the different natural gas facilities we have in the southeast and say, you want, we want every contract broken, and we want it all to go to Europe. We approved and, a couple more projects yesterday. Right. And then if they do that, by the way, then there would be energy independence by the end of 2022. But he's got to tell them, you got to break the contracts. Now, that obviously, he has that power. Uh, will he use it? I think that, um, I think he has to recognize that our companies will obey, but he, they're not going to obey unless he says, National Defense Act, we want these contracts broken. Then he right, can do it. Right. Uh, B of A's point this morning was that the China lockdown at least appears to be abating for a bit. The markets have priced in a lot of what's gone on negatively regarding Ukraine. And earnings are doing their job. Would you argue those those three things are, are true? I don't see the China lockdown ending as the way they Well, do. not ending. But, but like, well, then buy Nike. I mean, Nike's the one that's been most hurt. That's a very bullish scenario. And if it is, then even after yesterday, you can buy it. You, know, you can buy almost anything. Uh, the problem is then you get you buy Caterpillar and you're up, you know, upside the head. Boom. Uh, you, know, you might want to buy the rails on that call. 
the, the rails have are levered to that kind of you know, Union Pacific Coal and Norfolk Southern would work. CSX would work. Right. Uh, I could see those being great ways to play it. We do have to get through a few more. We got three big inflation prints tomorrow, including uh, EU CPI, and then of course. Fed C- RCPI next week, Jim, so that's there's still a, a little more wood to chop. Yeah. I think it's be big. You gotta go back to DR Horton. I mean, they'll talk about how uh, they have six hundred homes that are like you left in their inventory that are for sale and they're raising home prices twenty-five percent. That's not sustainable. But you we have to see whether people locked in a low mortgage before the run and are buying homes, and now you can't lock in a low mortgage, you're getting a very high mortgage, and so that May is beginning of the month where you may not have been locked in. May is really crucial month, Carl. It's make or break because you need to see housing down. You need to see some sort of uh, food down. And I don't, you know, I, a pound of butter, 10 bucks, 10 bucks. I mean, go, you know, you've got like seven, you know, like, well, you're, now everybody has credit cards. Sure, sure. But a pound of butter, 10 bucks, avocado. Don't even talk. Yeah, don't even, don't ask. No, avocado, it's like, you know, that was like, that's the cost of the, my electric bill. Do you think it's weird optically for the Fed to hike after a negative GDP print? Not at all. Because everybody's just, the big companies are just saying, please help us. You know, most of the companies in the country are stuck. You have these salespeople. And your CEO says, I want you to go into your client and say, the new price is plus 30%. And the salespeople say, well, I can't do that. They'll hate me. I said, no, you see, because we just gotten from somebody else up 30%. So you, I mean, I know that a great company like Virtu, which missed quarter big, they had to like go in and listen, we'll charge them. You have to ask for 30% increase, no matter who you are. That has to end. And in order to be able to do that, you have to be able to say, I I can't put the price in peace. I'm sorry. The Fed is tightening. Yeah. Aggressively. Jay knows this. Uh, Certainly Ford, just outside the exchange this morning, said car prices likely to keep rising from here. Yeah, I didn't want Farley. I mean, well, Jim Farley wasn't there. I had Jim Farley on last night, and I think raw costs are coming down. He doesn't need to raise, but he still sees them climbing. But as we see it, I mean, like steel, aluminum, the war in Russia, we act as if it's like just in Ukraine. But in the humanitarian, there are, by the way, new humanitarian, just so people know, to be able to help people. My daughter sent me today. I've been using for uh, Red Cross. Everyone has to help us. We have to take people in. No, it's we have to take hundreds of thousands of people in, and we have to do it now. Yep, yep. When we come back this morning, uh, the stay-at-home stock blues. We're going to look at shares of Teladoc. Look uh. at that, 31 after going from uh, about 90 pre-COVID to 300 and tumbling all the way back. We'll talk about it. Plus, Southwest Bob Jordan on his company's first earnings since becoming CEO. Take a look at the pre-market here. A slew of earnings to get through in the next, oh, 45 minutes here with Jim. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Shares of Teladoc getting hammered pre-market. The virtual health company slashing guidance, posting a wider-than-expected loss, uh, primarily driven by a non-cash goodwill impairment of $6.6 billion. The news does add to a rough year for the so-called stay-at-home stocks. Jim, and even on a day like today, you got Credit Suisse cutting Teladoc to neutral. Yeah. Okay, a couple things to tell you. Teladoc bought a company called Livongo for $8.5 billion. Uh, the whole company is now worth a fraction of that. I think Livongo may have a lot to do with that that charge. I'm not saying Livongo is worth this, and Glenn Tolman fooled Teladoc. I am saying that uh, that that Livongo wasn't worth nearly as much, and Glenn Tolman made a good deal. I think what's interesting is that Kathy Wood on 426 bought 70,000, and 425 she bought 35,000, and she's just a landmine. Uh, uh, she seems to go after companies right before the boom is lowered. Uh, that was a, what I call an ill-advised series of purchases. One of her, one of her biggest positions, right? Yeah. Or was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, the position's not as big because the posi- yes. stock went down. Yes. But, you know, look, I, this is a, I, 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 I've made a lot of mistakes in my career. Uh, she's made, her ratio is bad right now, mistake versus non-mistake. I mean, she could be in Tesla all she wants, but she's in Teladoc. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it, she didn't know anything. I was looking at some three-year returns yesterday, Jim. I think Live Nation and Planet Fitness have now outpaced over three years total return on Teladoc, Peloton. It's, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that going into COVID. Live Nation is a juggernaut. It's run by very smart people. Uh, I, look, I, these out, we, we work with Endeavor, right? And so, you know, Ari you and me. Yes. yes. And so you know, I, he's my agent. But, you know, the... The, this whole uh, live entertainment business has come back big. And that, that's Endeavor. It's also in Tokyo Vice, which drops the last month, one of my favorite shows. But I, I do, the, and they had an NFL deal. But what I'm looking at are companies that are pure out of the home. Because anything in the home has just become a pariah. Why do Video you think it is, though, that we've struggled to get uh, certainly back to work Five days. That's not. That's right. never going to happen. Nope. And yet, the idea of dealing with your doctor remotely, obviously from their direct to consumer business, you would you would suggest it's troubled. Well, what's great is is that there's like five of them. <laughs> you know, there's five. I mean, they were doing like this mental health psychiatrist. It's like, you know, sorry guys, there's a lot of companies who do that, and people switch. You know, it's like, oh well, that doctor's that doctors are fungible. So Teladoc got in a business that turns out to be much more of a commodity. I mean, it's like kind of cold rolled steel. Uh, true. Uh, by the way, this video game thing, we got to go back to it. If you go back to, my, I mean, Microsoft is amazing, but video games are bad. And uh, we need to know more. I mean, you finally have avail- availability. I-, I like Best Buy very much, but I think they thought that the cycle would have another year. Uh, I don't know where, where to go from here with video games. People want to be outside their house. Well, we're going to get what we're going to get hood tonight. And Roku? I mean, two names that are I, sl- I was tough on Hood last night. They yeah. put a lot of people, yeah, Finross said they put a lot of people in, in stuff that was really not what they should have been. And, you know, 22 million people, a lot of them got blown out in shops, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out. The, tonight's prints are going to be very interesting. We're going to get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Pre-market still looks pretty good here as we try to bounce back from what has been a difficult week. We're back in a moment. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Watching now today. It's hard to believe that Bill McDermott, one of the great ones, could actually be lost in the shuffle today with ServiceNow when they delivered the best growth quarter since the first quarter of 2018 when they were a very small company. I always look at how many transactions they're doing over one million. It's 52 transactions, which is rather incredible. You got 26% year-over-year growth, 29% just for Cosmic Carsey. This is the kind of number that we used to get from these cloud companies. And I, I just think that this is one, even if it's up 30, you can buy it. Is this a, is it because of the hybrid work uh, environment or something else? Well, I mean, I just think that he's, you know, he's winning a lot of business. And uh, the people I know who who hire ServiceNow, they've they've been able to save a lot of money. I think a lot of us wish you on ServiceNow because IT should be automated. Onboarding should be automated. When you join a company, it should be done seamlessly. And, uh, you know, it's. I, look, I'm going to put play my cards. I always root for Bill. I mean, he has a great book about his background. And, you know, Bill, I know that people are tired of the up from nothing and people are tired of the success stories. Of him. I'm not. I do not. I do not tire of the Horatio Alger stories. And I and I just think Bill has got service now, which has always been a good company. Remember, there were, you had Frank Slootman running it, John Donner running it. But he's at another level. At, ooh, OK, so it's up thirty nine. Yeah. It, it will be up more because this quarter was the best of the clouds. And this is explained by what? Just concerns about cons- multiple, enterprise multiple, IT? Multiple compression. Multiple compression. Uh, and the idea that the cloud had had it. Uh, I'm wondering whether there isn't a read through to Salesforce stock-wise, not business-wise. Now, Mark Benioff's been everywhere. He was in Kyoto, where my father served, which is really cool. The pictures are amazing. Sir, uh, Salesforce, the Chapel Trust owns Salesforce, wishes it owned service. Interesting. Now. We'll see what holds today. Up 40 now. Opening bell a few moments away, uh, followed by Southwest new CEO Bob Jordan. That's going to be one to watch. Uh, and Bill McDermott later this morning oh, on TechCheck. He'll Check. be great. Don't go anywhere. 
Qualcomm shares higher in the pre-market. The chipmaker posted a quarterly beat, raised their guidance, helped by a focus on its non-handset business. John Ford's going to have an exclusive with CEO Cristiano Amon in the next hour. Would you argue, Jim, maybe one of the best prints of the day? Yes. Okay, so Cristiano, big position of my child trust. Cristiano's been making it so that, look, please, don't think of us as just sell, sell, sell. We're going to be 25% auto, of which are the highest end. The GM, by the way, going to be built on a Qualcomm chassis. Now, what I like about this is that you can read through, perhaps even though you're not allowed to mention Apple's name, uh, you can read through that Apple high end is going to be very good. So I've got I've got T-Mobile yesterday saying good things. I've got Qualcomm saying good things. Uh, Cristiano, it, that interview is going to be so much fun because he has been saying, why is my, you know, it was 11 times earnings going into the print. And uh, he deserved better than that. And he is a vivacious, exciting man. And a great interview. Where do you think that, what is this, where does the bear argument on semis go now after some of these reports? Uh, gaming, low-end computing. Gaming. gaming is big. Yeah. Gaming, long, especially because gaming is gone down high single digit. It's not stabilized high single digit. So uh, anybody who's got gaming chips, people think NVIDIA, uh, or, or PCs that you can play games on, or games at AMD, uh, Intel, I think that, that at this point, NVIDIA, is like being valued as if it's uh, an industrial equipment stock. It's more than that. By the way, Facebook, when I talk about NVIDIA and Facebook on Metaverse, uh, I think that the Metaverse, whether in Disney too, has got some Metaverse stuff, it, you're going to have to go to, you have to go to Jensen Wong because you can't do it yourself. Uh, Jim, pretty good breath here at the Open as we uh, see Ford down here at the Exchange uh, celebrating the launch of the all-electric F-150 Lightning. CFO John Lawler on Squawk a moment ago doing the honors at the NASDAQ at his sound town, a provider of voice AI celebrating a listing via SPAC. Um, we'll, uh, we'll pay attention to how the Lightning gets received, I guess, uh, I, it sold out. Now, I actually thought that, that Ford, I liked the numbers Ford, stock down from 25. Uh, Lightning sold out. Raw, raw cost, not good. Uh, does he have a non-industrial uh, combustion engine team that's, that's okay to pull it off? But my favorite line on the conference call was from Doug Field, late of Apple, who just says, energy efficiency is a religion. So I don't know. I mean, I know there's three great religions. Now I think we have a fourth. Energy efficiency. I, I like Doug. It was, he was very prominent on the call, which to me said that there's no doubt about it. Farley wants to be the king of EV. Even though a little take a little shot there at, at, at Mary Barr at GM, they have too many uh, nameplates. Uh, but then again, it's 9:31, and we have not mentioned. Musk. Yeah, right. Right? I mean, now Ford's down. That's very interesting because I didn't see anything in that number that should make it go down. Uh, I did. Well, you did talk to Jim Farley last night specifically about the path for commodities from here. Here's what Farley said. All the commodities, that's very real. And, And our suppliers you know, they don't have the ability to price to the consumer like we do. So they're looking for better pricing and, and accommodations. Uh, the good thing is our pricing has offset all of that. Now, we ha- I believe we're under-earning as a company. So we have more cost to do, Jim, this year, next year, next couple years, as we talked about on our ICE business. That's going to give us room to maneuver. 
January bad, uh, February okay, March really good. You're betting against a, a, a trajectory that's great, and you're betting against Jim Farley, who's not a guy that you want to bet against, I find. Right. I mean, he's working 24. I mean, I, I email him at 4 o'clock. I get it back at 4.01, and, and it's like, you know, and it's usually like, I mean, a lot of the emails are like, you know, I'm sending him an email saying, here's my picture of my Maverick with my wife in it. And at 401, he goes, why can't you get the Maverick back or have you tried the Bronco? I mean, he's a relentless salesperson, as is Mary Barr. I like that type. Yeah. I mean, they've got, but you know, you're betting it's him thinking that he's got an, he's got an internal combustion group, blue, and he's got the uh, EV group. And you want to sell this at 14? I want to know why you're selling it at 14. I want to know the thesis. I mean, Adam Jonas would argue there are inefficiencies in the dealer model right. that just can't compete with, with Musk's and Tesla's. No? Uh, Adam Jonas is right to some point, except for what I think he doesn't understand is the iconic nature of the F-150. He, it, look, it's... If Musk has interesting cars, they're very good. But the F-150 is terrific. Uh, uh, by the way, the Hummer's terrific, too. I mean, I just think that to write off America as being idiots is to say you mean, well, M- Musk is here, too. But I'm saying that the Mustang that sold out the uh, uh, the F-150 with 200,000, of which he could take many more if he could make many more, uh, where Adam Jonas, who I now call Lenny Bruce because he's like ironic and funny, uh, where what I think he gets wrong is I don't think he's a car person. Like, my wife's a car person, okay? My wife test drives everything. Like I said, she goes, I, sh- I said, what do you want to do this weekend? Just test drive. All we do is test drive. I mean, when we went to Italy, what we do, we test drive the Lamborghini because they heard that in, in Modena, she could go 180 miles an hour. Turned out to be 180 miles a kilometer, whatever. I don't know if it's kilometer. But there are people in this country who test drive because it's like something to do, like my wife. And they love cars. And it's the F-150. She wants to test drive that even more than she test drove the Hummer. No offense, Mary Barker, she loved the Hummer, yep. but she thought it was hard on parking. We're, we're going to find out how all of this uh, works, whether or not there's a true flywheel uh, in EVs. Right. By the way, Jim, a lot of the gains, at least at the open here, are being led by the three names we led with, Meta, Qualcomm, and ServiceNow is in there, too. Good. I mean, look, I, I urge people to understand that when you talk about Meta, what you're really saying is, that, that Mark Zuckerberg was going to spend billions to beat TikTok, and he didn't have to spend as many billions. That's what the story is. Yeah, the metaverse losses came in under $3 billion, Jim. That was amazing. The street was a little bit above that. Look, I, I think you know, Mark Zuckerberg has these teams all over the country. So, and he has solved the problem why he works on metaverse. And they did. I mean, I was going over with my, you know, I'm handing off my Mexican restaurant to my, to my manager. And we were talking about TikTok versus Reels. And you had spent a lot of time thinking about which is better. Reels. Reels is better. I told Zuckerberg that. I said, listen, look, it's, it, it turned over. I mean, everyone was using TikTok because they were like, hey, I got a lot of friends. Well, Zuckerberg is saying, I got a lot of AI. I like AI more than friends. I mean, even in real life. Uh, you have you have talked about it as a second half story for a while Oh, now. is it ever? Is it ever? And, and you know, by the way, their CFO... It's like a regular person, and Winter's like, yeah, he's kind of, he's yeah. not, he's of this universe. I mean, Zuckerberg, <laughs> Zuckerberg, look, Zuckerberg's smarter than all of us. I just, yeah, look, there's Zuckerberg, there's Musk, there's Jensen Wong, and then there's like everybody else. It's all right. And the rest of us. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, I was like eighth in my class, you know, at, at college. That, and my father said seven people were better than you. Never forget that. 
Meantime, uh, shares of Southwest are higher. Uh, the company maintains its profit forecast for the year, uh, booking and fares outpacing higher operation costs. Our own Phil Lebeau joins us this morning with a very special guest. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl. Bob Jordan, CEO hey. of Southwest hey. good, Airlines. Good, good, good to be down here in, in Dallas. Um, Good to see you. And it's great to be here. Look, on a day when it's busy with a lot of people coming in here, new hires, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. Paint a picture of the environment right now. You guys basically said, well, we're going to be profitable this year. How much demand are you seeing right now? Well, first off, welcome to Southwest Airlines. Welcome to our awesome training facility. This, this facility is packed, which is terrific. It, that's so, true. It is so, packed. <laughs> so, so, so thanks for coming our way. But no, the first quarter is really a tale of two different uh, halves of the quarter. January and February were very impacted by Omicron over half a billion dollars and but for that we would have been profitable in the first quarter march really turned around really really strong demand in fact march was our first month where we had actual operating revenues ahead of march of 2019 and we've seen that demand continue uh, uh, basically as far forward as we as we can tell right now the uh, the outlook for the second quarter is really good so we're expecting operating revenues to be up between eight and ten percent and that's on capacity down seven it's all forecast, but if that happens, that would be a record all-time operating revenue quarter. And that's just a gigantic turnaround from where we've been for the last two years. Part of that growth in revenue is the fact that ticket prices have moved higher uh, as you guys are offsetting things like jet fuel costs. Do you think ticket prices have peaked when you look over the next couple of months, or is it possible they may continue edging higher further in the year? Well, demand is really strong. Anytime demand is strong, you're going to get an acceleration of what I would call average ticket prices. What I would tell you, though, is that we've taken only one very modest fare increase, and that was $5 in early February. Our fare structures have not moved. So the low fare structures that, uh, and the low fares that you love to see from Southwest Airlines have not moved. It's just as people and our customers buy and buy sooner, it pushes prices up through the fare structure. Anytime you see strong demand, though, you're going to see an increase in fares. What's the biggest constraint on growth right now? Is it getting the staffing that you want? Is it getting the aircraft, as many of the aircraft as you would like, to service as many of the cities that you serve right now? Where's the biggest constraint over the next year? The constraint is obviously staffing. We, uh, we really didn't begin to staff uh, coming out of the pandemic until last fall. You know, for two years, we really added nobody. So you get that machine going again, and we've added uh, just thousands and thousands of folks since the fall. Within that, the real constraint is pilot hiring, and then it's flight instructor hiring to train our pilots. That's really the constraint right now. We, we've not quite caught up to the number of pilots that took early retirement, and uh, we're close. We've got to catch that up. And then the, the, the second part is we had a thou thousands of pilots that went out on long-term leaves during mm -hmm. COVID, and we brought all those folks back, and we really just got them back and fully trained in February. And last, a lot of our pilots that we've hired, they're still in training. <laughs> so while we've made tons of progress, we just don't have a lot of our new pilots on the line yet. So the real constraint is pilot hiring. Bob, I know Jim's got a question for you. Jim, go ahead. Hello, Jim. Hey, good to yeah, see you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Hey, great, Bob. You know what? I met you, and I know you're a gentleman, so I'm going to test that. You said that uh, the issue might be pilots, might be staffing, those, but uh, in your footnote D on the, uh, uh, in your earnings announcement, you say aircraft on property, you talk about how that, is, that basically what you were going to be constrained by is the delivery schedule for the Boeing 737, and you say that's dependent on the FAA. I want to know something right now. Is yes, to some degree this is dependent on the execution of a company that you've relied on and that the execution, frankly, is subpar versus what Southwest deserves? 
You know, Boeing is a terrific partner, and they've been a terrific partner for 50 years with Southwest Airlines. Uh, what I love is that we have a lot of flexibility. We have flexibility in our order book, and we have a terrific order book. We also have flexibility within what occurs within that order book. So we can substitute MAX 7s for MAX 8s. As the year has moved along here, and there is uncertainty behind the timing of the authorization and certification of the MAX 7, we've, uh, just, just as times move, we've converted those to MAX 8. So number one, we have the flexibility to do that. And then number two, uh, working with Boeing, they're just a terrific partner. And as we do that, we've not modified our CapEx uh, guidance for the year of $5 billion. So, all right, that's good. And I'll go back to staffing for a second. Whether you're be well, Starbucks, yes, uh, Amazon, uh, these are companies that are suddenly faced with something that I remember when I was growing up, they have union issues. And a lot of them, by the way, have nothing to do with wages, more to do with the way people are treated. I've always felt that Southwest, because of the way people treated, would not have a problem. But you hire so many people at once, is the possibility that someone just says, you know what? We got a real shot here. Let's get the check off. Let's just take over Southwest. Well, the, the, we've never had a problem hiring here at Southwest Airlines. We, we've always had, uh, in, in the past, upwards of 40 resumes per open uh, position. We still have an awful lot. I think we're running 14, 15 open applications. So you do have to work a little bit harder, and you've seen us wage, uh, raise our, our starting wages in some areas from $13 to $15 to $17, and now in some cases $20. But we've not had a problem hiring. You've got to work a little bit harder. Again, the real constraint is our pilots. Uh, I I visit with our new employees that we're hiring all the time. And what I'm finding is that they are absolutely terrific. They are a terrific fit with Southwest. What you've got to remember, though, is we've hired thousands. We have typically, on any given day, about 1,600 of those in training. So they're, they're not yet proficient. They're not on the line. They are literally in training. We have uh, about 15% of our workforce that is new since we began hiring last fall. So while they're out there working, they're just not proficient. You know what it's like to have a new job. It takes a long time to become proficient and efficient. So about 15% of our workforce is out there and working. They're just not uh, proficient at this point. So that's a lot of what we can ring out in terms of efficiency over the next year. Bob, in the next couple of weeks, you, and I say you, Southwest, along with your other competitors who all serve Florida, will be meeting with the FAA. If you look at the numbers in terms of flights going to Florida, it's no wonder that when a storm goes through there, it just wrecks the schedule for airlines and it's hard for them to recover. Is there a cap on how much service can go into Florida? Because everybody is well above where they were in 2019 in terms of daily flights into the different cities in the state. Well, first, I, I just would love to thank the FAA So we've got a meeting here in May, and the FAA is looking to address the problems, and they're bringing the carriers, including Southwest Airlines, into what those solutions look like. There's no doubt that Florida is tougher. There's more weather. weather. There's space launches going on in in Florida, and the flight activity on the scheduled side is back to 2019 levels. It's above it. it, it, It's above it in most cases, and the, 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 the typical solves around how you think about air traffic control, delay programs, and flows, they just aren't producing the same result. The other thing I would point out that gets a little lost is general aviation traffic uh, in Florida is up far more than scheduled mm-hmm. traffic. That uses of the airspace, so we've got to think about that as well because it's another consumption of the airspace that we all use. Quickly, corporate travel. You guys were down 30%. You think you might get back to break even by the end of the year. Is corporate travel changing in terms of what you're seeing, how people are booking their trips? 
Well, generally, again, overall, we're seeing demand that is just uh, uh, our, our chief commercial officer, Andrew Watterson, says on fire. So the demand is just really strong, and that's leisure and corporate. Now, corporate managed business is still below 2019, but we've seen a huge increase. So we were down about 36% in March compared to 2019, but that's a 34-point improvement compared to January. It looks like April will be uh, probably down 30. You're, you're going to continue to see sequential improvement May and June. And while it's just a forecast, I think sure. we've got a real shot at managed business revenues fully restoring to 2019 levels by the end of this year. If this economy slides into a recession later this year, early next year, does that change the demand equation? Because this is different than what you guys have seen in the past operating an airline heading into a recession. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of factors because uh, you, you, it's just not a normal entry point into what could be a recession. You've got Fed policy that arguably is a bit behind, but the Fed is on it now. You've got very strong consumer savings. It, uh, savings is above, uh, it's double what it was pre-pandemic. You've got very strong demand. You have inflation that does not appear to be transitory. So it's just really difficult to play this one out as compared to a normal recession. But I think the main thing is we're prepared either way. We have the strongest balance sheet in the industry. We have $5 billion net cash, not net debt, net cash. And we're prepared for anything that comes our way. Bob Jordan, CEO no, of Southwest so Airlines. Much. I got to be careful. There's, there, guys, there are people all over this campus. <laughs> when he says they are hiring, they are hiring. Uh, I can attest we to are. that. I'll send it back to you guys. Thank you, all. Okay, Phil. Thanks so much, our Phil LeBeau. Uh, great stuff, as always. Jim, uh, I got a list of names we haven't gotten to. Let's go. Uh, McDonald's, Comcast, Twitter, 12% PayPal. 12% gain. I really love it. Uh, PayPal was subpar, but the people were expecting some subpar. Uh, and Comcast parent company's network. I, I don't know. Theme parks, people are going. Maybe it's a good positive read through the Disney, which everybody hates now. The most hated thing in the, on earth is Disney. I, I think it's the most overly hated stock in the market today, like the Pinterest. Well, uh, it's, it's definitely the worst performing Dow stock over 12 months, and I think it's red today. Uh, as people, is it really as red? The, as the streaming my, premium. Um, it's red today? Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Along with Cat and Amgen. Well, Amgen had that giant tax liability that surprised me. Otherwise, they had some really good numbers for their migraine drug, which were great. Disney down there. Wow, they hate this market hates Disney so much. 110 is my next level for my travel trust, people, which I've been saying. Uh, you know, uh, Invisalign, what happened? People just decided, you know what? Would our teeth look fine even though our masks are down? That was that was a big disappointment to me. I didn't like what that one at the, all. like deferrable procedures you could do, you know, I, you were going to come back to? Well, I was thinking about using Invisalign, but after that number, I'm not going to use it. Uh, just kidding. I mean, if your teeth are spreading, you got to think about it. And then, you know, one of the companies that I just think does incredibly well that people don't talk about enough, Mark Casper, uh, Thermo Fisher. There were a lot of people who said, oh, well, I post, post uh, making an epidemic, pandemic into an epidemic, you don't need Thermo's uh, machines. There is a whole big life science movement out there, and they deserve to get well, some if, praise. Well, if we're talking about the losers this morning, you got to throw in DPZ and Stanley Works, right? Yeah, yeah Stanley Works has just got some integration. You know, they don't get a lot of I stuff. Mean, Half of the Stanley Works stuff is like on is on boats somewhere. You know? Cut to the guide. Uh, prior 12 to 1250 for the year, now sees 950 to 1050. You know what? There's a level to buy that stock. I just have not found it. I know there are a lot of people who felt that Sherwin Williams had a good number, but that was really being able to pass on costs. Look, I, I, I think that Jim Laurie is doing a very good job, but they are stuck 
with having to import a lot of goods. And they put a plant in Mexico. Uh, you know, only plant here in this in North America, but you know the issue with these guys, and I, I don't think there's a read through to, to Home Depot. The issue is is that where people make things, and if you make them in China, you're hostage to China unless they're sold into China the way that Apple does it, uh, because you can't get the stuff here the way you would like, and it's not President Xi's fault. I've dumped on him enough. Uh, we're going to watch some of the some of the names that are down, and a pretty good tape are down big. Uh, a reminder, by the way, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. Or, of course, use the QR code on the screen. Take a look at bonds today. Got the 10-year back almost to 287 or so. Uh, long bond above 29. As we said, we get some key inflation metrics tomorrow. But for the GDP number, uh, price index came in at 8. And we were only looking for 7.2. We're back in a moment. We are definitely keeping our eyes on shares of Tesla, now down almost 5% to 841, as it's hard to separate the price action on that stock from uh, Elon Musk's uh, move to purchase Twitter, which of course had its own results. Uh, revenue pretty much in line, uh, DAU's up 16, Jim. Yeah, look, uh, the ongoing narrative there is, uh, would he be just, we know that that is collateralized, that acquisition. So people feel that that stock doesn't, isn't Musk anymore, it's Morgan Stanley's. Uh, that's just a natural reaction. Yeah. It's the biggest margin in history. Uh, Twitter shares down about two thirds of a percent. We'll get stock trading with Jim after a short break. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. 40 million people are overweight because of medicines. So the news that, that Make Trail reported this morning that of Eli Lilly's new drug is going to be incredible. First, it starts as a shot, but they do have things for a pill. It is a dramatic weight loss. Uh, I'm on a drug called Lyrica for nerve pain, and you pretty much gain a pound a month from it. And I want to, you know, I'll go to my doctor whenever this is approved and say, look, this I can't keep taking a drug you asked me to take. You tell me I got to lose weight, but then you put me on this medical. I think a lot of people are in that same position, and this is hope for them. This is not like, hey, I want to look thin. This is like, I'm on a medicine, and it's making me fat. Give me a break. Give me this. You know, we never got to Merck. Um, key true to beat. Uh, uh, something uh, sales up $3 billion, right, on the antivirals? I, I have to tell you, Merck is back and yet quietly back yeah and, and no one seems to care look at that that's a great number i think merck is still a very inexpensive stock and people tend to overlook it and they shouldn't it's very nice i wish i wish my trust owned it i we own lily you can't own every drug stock that sure. does not work sure but merck is you always always could justify owning open owning shares in merck <laughs> um let's get to uh stop trading jim okay uh well i'm gonna do the eli by the way suncor uh, Elliott Management oh, takes tonight. a stake, and that's a very important situation. I would be that. I've got Hertz tonight. That's Steve Scher used to run the CFO of Goldman. And then I got Brunswick. That was a seven times earnings. I mean, jeez. You know, you're talking about the Boston Whaler sinking. You still got yours? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love my whaler. <laughs> Um, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Thank you for coming uh, back. Uh, yes. And, you know, condolences. Yes. Okay. Uh, we got um, a busy couple of days. A lot of word to chop uh, today and tomorrow, Jim. We'll see you at 6, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you 
like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.